in the scripture from 1 Peter 3 through 18, 3, 8 through 18. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior, against your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body made alive in the spirit. Thank you, Marilyn. And uh, hey, Faith family, good to be with you today, all of you uh, in the house and in your own house. Uh, I want you to know I love you all, and I'm honored to be your pastor. So far, we have 92 kids signed up for vacation Bible school in the evenings, and I expect that number to double. And we also have a morning vacation Bible school for 51 preschool kids in our Love and Learn. Uh, and uh, all in all, we have 45 volunteers on our way to 100. All right? So uh, now's the time to, to sign up for all those good things. Now, on this Memorial Weekend, uh, we, we remember the men and women who served and are no longer with us. Many of them gave their lives defending our nation. And we honor their service and sacrifice. And I also know that it's a time where a lot of us go to the cemeteries. And uh, we, we pay respects and we, we maybe lay flowers or just go to visit and pray. So let's, let's pray now, shall we? Lord, today we honor the sacrifice of those who died protecting the rest of us. May we honor them by making this nation one that protects the rights of all people. And Lord, today we grieve with the community of Uvalde, Texas, which tragically lost 19 children and two teachers in a school shooting. Oh Lord, our hearts go out to them. 
And we, we pray, we ask that you will give our nation and its leaders a resolve to find solutions. In your name we pray, amen. Well, it was 26 years ago that Trish and I moved uh, to Lincoln to start a new church, and I had a vision for what this church would be like, you know, uh, and, but I didn't realize at the time how idealistic my vision was. Sometimes this, ideali- this idealistic vision backfired on me, and I, I ended up making some, some misguided decisions because I was, I was trying to maintain the, the purity of my vision and the purity of the church. And eventually I came to realize this is never going to happen exactly like this. This is never going to be a perfect church because these people were sinners and so was their pastor. <laughs> Hopefully I, I learned from that mistake and, and uh, try not to repeat it. Uh, anyway, we're going to be looking into scriptures today. There are 21 letters in the New Testament and they're all written to sinners like us. And, uh, but we're saved sinners, uh, and so were they, saved by grace through our faith in Christ. But you know, like all churches, we still deal with stuff, don't we? We, uh, we have personal conflicts. We, we kind of get our theologies kind of go off astray. And so the church is a mess. And I, I know I don't mean just this church, but I mean, all churches, we're a mess, but we're God's mess. And that's our hope. We need the Lord to to keep saving us from ourselves. Can I get an amen to that? Today is week six in our series, uh, We Are Made for This, where we're walking through uh, the first uh, letter of Peter. And today's message is, is called Surprise with Blessing. Now, uh, the letter comes from Jesus' disciple, Simon, and he was the one that was nicknamed Peter, which means rock. So, before there was Dwayne Johnson, the rock, and before Sylvester Stallone played Rocky, and before Roy Shearer Jr. changed his name to Rock Hudson. I don't know if any of you remember him, but anyway. There was Simon the Rock. As far as we know, Rock was never used as a name or nickname before him. But even a rock needs help, and and Peter's friend Silas helps him compose this letter to his sisters and brothers in five communities in in the area of northern Asia Minor where Turkey is now. So, Grab a Bible. Let's open it up to uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to start with verse 8. We're going to walk through most of these verses this morning. Uh, page 1222 in your Bible, the Pew Bible. Now, it begins uh, with the word finally. And this concludes a section that began in the middle part of chapter 2. And here Peter is telling them what Jesus' family strives for. He says, finally, all of you, be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. And he tells them these things because they still need to hear it. They're still working on it. 
You know, they, keep, they, they need to keep moving in this direction of being like-minded, sympathetic, loving, compassionate, and humble. Being like-minded doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything, okay? But we do agree on the goal, to be transformed into people who think and act like Jesus. And we're to be sympathetic, which in other places in the Bible means that we weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. And when our sisters and brothers suffer, then we just suffer right along with them. And we're called to love one another. Now, it's interesting that in the Bible, the word love does not mean a sentimental feeling of affection. It's it's more like a dedication to action on someone else's behalf. It is helping and encouraging and going the extra mile. Now, compassionate uh, is sometimes translated tenderhearted. So instead of putting a wall up and being hard-hearted, our hearts are soft, and we're tender-hearted with one another. And then finally, we are to stay humble. So we're learning to take a sober, realistic view of ourselves. We're not putting ourselves down, but we're also not puffing ourselves up because we don't want to consider ourselves superior to anyone. And that's the kind of faith family that we are called to be. And we need that because we, we care for each other because life is hard. And, and we're going to need people around us like that. We're going to need to be that for each other. Now, there are going to be times when you're going to be treated unfairly in this world because of your skin, your age, your gender, your looks, your abilities, your faith. I find that in this country, um, we don't face a whole lot of discrimination for being Christians. I mean, it it can happen sometimes, especially in certain circles. And, and, you know, uh, uh, a friend of mine posts a meme every day. I don't know where he finds them. But uh, they're they're, they're very thoughtful, and, and there's a lot of wisdom in them. Anyone, on Friday, he posted one that said this. Learn to be okay with not being invited, included, or considered. Now, that is hard, isn't it? I think especially when you're young, but all of us, it's hard. Uh, Learn to be okay with not being invited, included, or considered. Verse 9, you want to look at that one with me? It reflects what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Well, this goes against our basic human impulses, right? When when somebody gets nasty with us, we want to just shoot a nasty right back at them. That'll teach him. A couple weeks ago, uh, we talked about following in Jesus' steps by not retaliating. Remember that? Now, Peter takes us to the next step. Verse 9 continues. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Will you say those last four words with me? Repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Wow. Repay evil with blessing. Those four words 
from 1 Peter 3, verse 9, are the heart of today's message, and I hope that you're going to carry them with you all day and throughout the week and talk about it with your friends and your family and in your faith groups. Let's say it together again, shall we? Repay evil with blessing. I, I hope those four words shock you and shake you. I mean, I think we need to see them every day before they start sinking in to our way of life. Maybe you could, you know, go on the computer and print out a poster that you could, you could put up in your bedroom or you could, you could uh, write it on your bathroom mirror with lipstick or you could make it the screensaver on your computer. This is how we follow Jesus. Repay evil with blessing. Who does this? We do. And God help us. And if we do, Peter says, we will inherit a blessing. Now, inherit means that we look forward to what God, the rewards that God has waiting for us in the life to come. Many years ago, I got, I got reamed out by a woman from my church, although she never attended. <laughs> but there was something that day that just she just got under her, and uh, she didn't like it, and she just let me have it. <sighs> I was in shock. Fortunately, I, di I didn't, uh, you, know, you know, try to jump in and get into a big shouting match with her, uh, but, but the barrage was so nonstop, I couldn't get a word in anyway. And from then on, I was happy to avoid her, which wasn't hard because she never came to church. And then one day, I got word that she was in the hospital, and I knew I had to go see her. And I would have to care for her without holding a grudge. I had to go and bless her. And I think it surprised her that I came, you know, walking into the door. And, and I, I was a little surprised that she was receptive to me at all. I mean, she wasn't, you know, super happy or anything, but she, she received it. And that was a blessing to me. Verses 10, 11, and 12, uh, Peter quotes from Psalm 34 how important it is to, to do good and not to do evil. And then in verse 13, he asks a question that sounds a lot like a proverb. It says, who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? And the idea is that if you treat people well, then people are going to treat you well. And life often works that way, right? But one thing about Proverbs is that they are about what is generally true. That's what a proverb is. It's about what is generally true. But there are exceptions. And we see that in verse 14. But... But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. God gives a special blessing to those who, who suffer for following Christ. So, you know, and sometimes it's just a matter of making decisions because you're trying to be faithful to the Lord. And because of that, it means, well, you've made your decision, and so now you're not going to be invited or included or considered like other people. You're going to be left out. When I, when I was in college, I, I auditioned to join a musical group from the school to go on a summer USO tour where we would be entertaining uh, enlisted military 
Uh, I could do two songs for the edition, and I brought my guitar, and I sang James Taylor's Fire and Rain. And I thought it went pretty well. And anyway, one of the judges, there were three of them, and one of them was the professor who led the college swing choir that I was in. Swing choir is kind of like a show choir, but smaller. Anyway, backstory. Uh, on the previous spring break tour with the swing choir, I got to perform a solo a few times, and I, and I picked out a Jim Croce song. For those of you who are young, you have to look up who that is. Anyway, one time I, I, I sang it for a show that we did at a large high school in Chicago. I mean, it, it must have been 3,000 people there. And the song that I sang was really kind of a humorous song, you know, kind of funny. And, and uh, when I finished playing, I mean, I'll tell you, the place just roared. Applause and people shouting and laughing and clapping and felt good. Anyway, at the USO audition, my professor said to me, Steve, sing that song. Sing that one. And he kind of he put the pressure on a little bit, but I wouldn't. You see, the Lord had laid it on my heart that I was not to perform that song anymore because of the demeaning way it spoke of certain women. And so I sang another song, which was probably the song that I picked was not what they were looking for. I kind of knew that. And, of course, I did not get selected. But it wasn't a big deal. Maybe it was all for the best. All I know is that I did what I had to do. Now, that one was really a relatively easy one. Uh, but you're going to face times when somebody's going to, to, to really intimidate you and, and try to control you and pressure you and make you do things that, that go against your conscience. Is there a relationship in your life like that right now? Where someone's attempting to intimidate you or pressure you or control you? I just want to say, don't let them. Stand up to them. Don't be afraid of what they could do to you, even if they could do stuff. And then... uh, Peter quotes the prophet Isaiah. He says, do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. And I would add it, well, if you are afraid, stand up to them anyway. And verse 15 starts, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. You know who's in charge of your life. You know who the leader and director of your life is. Keep your eyes on on the Lord and stay true to him. And of course, every once in a while, uh, by not giving in to their threats and their intimidation, you may pique their curiosity. And they'll wonder, where do you get this strength? Where do you get these convictions? What, what will you say? The next sentence in verse 15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. So they're going to want to know, how do, you, how do you stay strong and positive and hopeful when, you know, the world is against you and people are treating you unfairly? I mean, when they ask, what are you going to say? Because you're going to need to say something. You could say, well, 
you know, Jesus is the one who brought me God's love and forgiveness, and I'm, I'm just trying to, to follow him. You could say, you know, Jesus gave me life and new life, and so I've just decided my life is his, and that's who I am. Or you could say, you know, the Lord has never let me down, and I don't want to let him down. But whatever you say, whatever comes to you, don't be mean and spiteful because that's just going to ruin the opportunity, right? I mean, that's what verse 15 says, but do this with gentleness and respect. You know, like a lot of you, I I see uh, Christians post um, some pretty spiteful stuff on social media. Less now because we're not in the heat of an election cycle, but it's coming. And I think Peter's saying, hey, slow down. You know, you don't have to engage in everything. I mean, what, what good is it going to do to try to score points against somebody? Be gentle. Be respectful. And verse 16 goes on. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Now, if they're slandering you, they know it. They're speaking maliciously of you. I mean, it's not a secret. So what do we do? Repay evil with blessing. When you repay evil with blessing, your conscience will remain clean. Now, their conscience may bother them. They they may recognize that you've taken the high road and they have not. And sometimes God can use that to awaken their souls. uh, Or at least it could be one of the many steps God uses along the way to help awaken them. But if you retaliate with, with slander and maliciousness of your own, what good is that gonna do? It'll only make them feel more justified for the way they're treating you. So if you're going to face their wrath anyway, it might as well be for a good reason. That's what verse 17 is about. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And then that little phrase in there, if it is God's will, I think that means that we don't go out looking for suffering you know, persecution. We're not looking for it. Uh, We certainly don't want to complain about being victims when we're not, which happens sometimes. But if it's God's will, and I think here it means that if God allows you to suffer for doing good, then hey, make it count. Make it count. Let it be a witness for the Lord. In North Korea... Uh, if you're found out to be a Christian, you will be sent off to a labor camp. Did you know that? I talked to a a veteran here in our church earlier this morning who uh, spent some time in Korea in the 60s, and he said he was this close to the North Vietnamese line sometimes. Here in the U.S., I, I would guess that that most of the discrimination that we as Christians get is self-inflicted. You know what I mean? Uh, If we project this air of superiority, 
rather than humility, then we shouldn't be surprised if people are going to speak badly of us. Huh? And that's one of the biggest problems, I think, in American Christianity today is an attitude of superiority and not so much humility. You see, if we're acting superior, then we're on the wrong side of the equation. We, we want to be on the Jesus side of the equation. And so we have to be humble. And we have to do this really daring thing of repaying evil with blessing. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you said this really radical thing, and we've been wrestling with it all these centuries, and sometimes we try to rationalize it and put it away, but still you said you told us to love our enemies. You told us to pray for those who persecute us. And Lord, we're, we're hearing it, but we're going to need your help. So God, we ask you to pour your love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and, and put people around us to encourage us so that we can be that kind of people who repay evil with blessing. And now we're going to take a couple of minutes, and I'm going to give you uh, this time to just pray silently, maybe where you're seated, or if you'd like to, to come here to the front and kneel or stand before the steps. You can pray whatever is on your heart today. Maybe you just have something you want to give thanks to God for, or maybe you've got a heaviness in your heart over a situation you're going through, or you're, you're feeling for someone else, and you want to pray for them. So let's take these next couple of minutes and, and pray. <laughs> 